Welcome to iChurch. Our mission is to break bondage, inspiring you. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, iChurchOKA.com. But now, get ready for what God has to say to you. We're looking at the life of Joseph, and we're talking about this series called Fake Book. And the whole series of Fake Book is based on how Facebook is a place so people could show who they really are. But when you go to Facebook, you see a whole bunch of fake pictures of people that they're really not. And we're talking about this fakeness inside of us. We have this natural urge to be fake amongst us. And I'm going to go to the life of Joseph. And I'm going to be really short. I'm going to teach you five things. When I talk about Joseph, Joseph is um, one of the sons of, of 11 brothers. And his 11 brothers, um, the, the 10 before him, he was number 11 actually and then there's a number 12 but his 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 10 brothers before him look at him and joseph in the bible has his favor on behalf of god it's just incredible you know god just this kid's born and god's good with him and good things have happened to you have you ever had good things just happen to you and you say man this happened to you well the good things were just happening to joseph and what happened with joseph was that one of his brothers um, um, one day really got upset with him because, because he, he would receive these dreams on behalf of God. And as he got these dreams on behalf of God, God revealed them to him and he would share his dreams. Okay. And when he shared his dreams, something, it's going to get really nasty. His brothers get all jealous. They get all upset with him. They don't like him. You know, it's just his brother they don't like because he's like, he's kind of a show off and they don't want to hang out with him. They don't want to talk to him. He's kind of this like kind of dude. You know, he's a guy you don't want to be with. I don't know if you ever had somebody like that in your life. I remember this one kid from school. Every time he came around, man, nobody liked the kid. And I tried to be nice with him. And I said, man, I'm going to be nice with him because everybody's evil to this guy. I remember when I was in school, um, we were, I was in college in my freshman year and I was hanging out with the crowd. I was going to go into my fraternity group and we were going to do the inauguration. And when you go to fraternity, I don't know how many of you belong to a fraternity. You've been in a fraternity. When you go to college fraternity, man, they, they, they snap you really hard. They do really nasty things to you. Um, we even had what was called a diaper party. You had to wear a diaper in front of everybody. And it's just, yeah, I'm not proud of it. And no, I don't have pictures of it, unfortunately. But the truth about it is that it's just nasty things. Well, this one kid from the get-go, before he even started, everybody had decided that he was out. Everybody had decided, man, he's out no matter what he does. But they were treating him so bad. And I had overheard that he was out. So I decided to, you know, hang with him and be nice with him. And then after about, after about three months, man, I'm like, no one. They just drive you crazy. I don't know if you know somebody like that. Somebody just sit with you and talk with you. When they're talking to you, like, man, shut up, man. You know, he talked about everything. He would be baffling about everything. And no matter what it was, he always knew everything about it. That's the image that Joseph had before his brothers. Nobody wanted to be with Joseph. Nobody wanted to hang with Joseph. And here's what happened. One day he wakes up in the morning and in Genesis chapter 37 verse 12, I'm going to read every verse and I'm going to explain to you five ways to make your dreams come true no matter what they are. Are your dreams to fall in love with the right person? Are your dreams, are, are your dreams are to have a happy marriage? Are your dreams to be okay in school? What's, what is, what's in your heart? What's your dream? I'm going to show you five ways to do it. Number one, okay, verse 12, chapter 37 verse 12. It says, now, one day, you know, one day he wakes up and his father says, hey, Joseph, what are you doing? He says, well, dad, I'm here. And, and his dad had given him a robe and he's wearing a special robe. It's a, a, a love robe. It's his dad saying you're special. It's his father saying I have favor upon you. He gets up and he goes out to the field. And this is what happens in verse 12. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. The Bible says that the brothers were not there. The brothers had gone to Shechem. Let me start explaining to you why God favored more Joseph than he did his brothers. Number one reason. 
His brothers were only taking care of the flock of their father because he had an obligation. But Joseph had his own dream. And that's the first thing I want to tell you. The first thing I want to tell you is that you need to see your own dream. Listen, if you want to be successful in what God has called you to do, you don't want to be fake. The first thing you got to do is you got to find your own dream. You got to stop living other people's dream. We have this tendency, this crazy tendency. You know, this person has this car. This person has this marriage. And this is what you think, guys. You look at somebody else and you say, well, this person's got that car. He did this. She did that. And we look at them and we want to be just like them. Listen, you don't want to be just like them. You have no idea what they're going through. You think you're going through hell. Wait until you see what their life looks like. You need to stop trying to live through other people's dreams because their dreams are not better than you. You know that saying, the grass is greener on the other side? It's not true. It grows as much. You got to mow it as much. You got to cut it as much. You got to take care of it as much. And here's the problem. When you're, when you're living your life, if your whole life today is about how others are happy in their lives, you're living a lie. They are not completely happy in their lives. So the first thing you got to do is you got to start finding your own dream. God, what do you have for me? What am I supposed to do? There's something that you're supposed to do that other people can't do. And you're like, no, I can't. Let me tell you about my story. I, I grew up with two brothers. And my, my older brother, my older brother, brother was a jock. I mean, he's just a jock. I mean, he would, he would, you name it, he would play it, and he'd be good at it too, you know. And here's the funny thing. He's five years older than me. So back in the day when we were teenagers, my brother would always tease me. You know, he'd always come up and say, want to play basketball? And here's the thing. I suck at sports. I am no good. I can, all I'm good is watching them. That's it. I just, I just can't play for my life. So, you know, and, and, and I'm just, no, I'm being transparent. I'm being sincere. I just suck at it. And my brother would always come up to me and be like, hey, want to play basketball? You know, he, he knew he was going to cream me. He knew it. I knew it. We all knew it. And he would constantly come back, and I, and I would always say, okay, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Come on, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. So I'd go to the court, get my butt whipped, and after that, he'd come back and say, don't worry, man. Maybe someday you could be like me. That's what he always said. Maybe someday you could be like me. And as years went by, I always said, man, I hope I could be like him. I wish I could be like him. So then my little brother is born, right? And, and when he grows up, here's the problem with my little brother. I finally thought, all right, now it's my turn to show my little brother that I'm better than him at sports. So here's the problem. My little brother right now, he's a beast. He's like triple my size, triple my weight. He's just gigantic. And he loves football. So now he comes up to me, you know, years later. And he's like, hey. You want to wrestle? I'm like, what do you mean you want to wrestle? You're going to kill me if we wrestle. We but that's what he wanted. He wanted to wrestle. He wanted, he wanted to play football. So no matter what I tried, I was going to lose again. So here's this big loser in life thinking, man, man, you know, I suck at this. I can't do that. I can't do that. My brothers are just better than me in everything they did. I mean, you, you should see me drawing. Oh, man, talk about a terrible drawer. I look retarded when I draw. When I draw, I can't draw for my life. I mean, my drawings are just terrible. I just can't draw. My brother is an artist. He could draw anything, okay? And then they're just so talented, and I had nothing. And I was like, I was like man, I have nothing. What can I do? I could do nothing compared to them. You know what my problem was? My problem wasn't that I couldn't do anything. My problem was that I was always trying to do their thing. See, it's not that you're not good at anything. It's just, good. It's just that you're not good at their thing you can't do that you know you're not good at that this whole young united setup it's crazy cool it's awesome it's off the chain i mean you guys got i mean literally look at the chains it's off the chain 
Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, that's a lame joke. My son's like, that. that's lame. But it's, just, it's all the same. And here it is, guys. Here it is. It's really cool. You know, I never had this, man. And you know what? Every single church should have this. Look at the room, man. Come on, guys. Give it up for yourselves for being here today, man. Give it up for yourselves. See, here's the problem. In church, we talk about wanting to reach everybody, but we don't set up church for that. We build churches to be exactly the dream of the other church. We say we want everybody in church. Then when everybody comes into church, we're freaking out. Like, hey, why they're here? Why is he like that? Why is she like that? And here's the problem. You're trying to live other people's dreams. You look at other people and you say, you know what? I want to be just like them. Now, you won't say it out loud, but it's what you're doing. You will never have success if you're trying to live somebody else's dream. You got to live your dream. Joseph was living what God had given him. So the first word of advice is if you want to make it in life, you got to live your dream. Here's the second one. Second one I love, okay, and it's carpe diem, and that's the way you pronounce it, carpet, because you can say it's carpet, it's carpe diem, and I'll explain that in a minute. Verse 13 says, and Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. This is his father saying, now you know where they are, they're in Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Look what the father says. He says, I'm going to send you to them to Shechem, and he says, very well. I will go. The kid's at home with his dad. He's in the crib. He's got everything in position. I mean, talk about being hooked up. The boy's hooked up. He's got his robe on. He's perfect. He's in his atmosphere. He's in his flow. You know, he's got his iPod on. He's got his, you know, he's, he's doing the chill. He's okay. Everything's fine. And here's the problem. He's in his comfort zone. And his dad says, now I want you to leave the home. I don't want you to be comfortable. And I want you to go all the way out to Shechem because your brothers are out there. Now, Shechem is a very important place. I'm not going to go into that teaching, but he was supposed to go there. And here's the problem. He, he, didn't, he could have stayed where he was, but instead of staying where he was, this, is going to ch- this trip is going to change the boy's life. It's going to change it to a degree. Let me tell you the whole story. So, you know, his brothers are going to grab him. They're going to want to kill him. They're going to throw him in a well. He's going to be in there. Some people are going to come by, some gypsies. They're going to sell his brothers to the gypsies and end up a slave somewhere else. That's, that's how this trip, talk about a trip of hell. This is the worst trip you can imagine. Talk about having a bad day. This kid's going to have a terrible day. But here's the whole story. He's, even though he's going to have a terrible day, he gets up and he says, yeah, very well. I love his answer. He says, yeah, you want me to go? Yeah, I'm up. I'm up for it. I'll go. Here I am. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Pastor, so what's the second step? The second step is you got to learn to seize the moment. Here, I got something from you guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Robin Williams. Your body is the worm's food tomorrow. I love that. Your body is worm food tomorrow. Think about it. I want you to stop and think about it. Your body is word, worm food tomorrow. Pastor, what are you talking about? Your corpse is going into the ground, like it or not. And here's the thing. If I could show you a picture of you two years into the ground, you'd stop and think about your life twice. You're going to die, and you're going to go into the dirt, and you're going to rot in there. And then it's going to be too late to seize those dreams that you had. It's going to be too late to go forward. You're always going to have that loser stigma on your forehead. You're always going to have that backed-up mentality. You get, you get a chance at doing things in life. I get a chance at being a great husband. I get a chance at being a great father. I get a chance. And here's my thing. If I don't seize the moment, 
Oris in his book, Them, he writes, um, he, it's a poetry, four sessions of a book, and it's written in the 23rd before Christ. And, and at that season, he's writing these awesome poems. And the first three poems, are, they're poetry about, he, one of them says, and I'm just quoting it off the top of my head. I don't know it that well, but it says, and I love it because I'm a philosophy and, and I'm a history major, and that's what I love. But it, but it says that, it says, grab the flowers from the floor is what he says. Grab the flowers from the floor, he says, before they wither and die. He says, because they will return to the dirt. It's just me paraphrasing. They will return to the dirt from where they came in. So enjoy them while they're still alive. And here's my question. Dude, you're going to die. Life's too short to live it pissed off. Life's too short to live it pissed off. I've had a terrible week. I'm at the point that that I had to stay home one day because I was going to hit somebody. Like, what, Pastor? What are you talking about? You can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to stay home one day because I was going to hit somebody. Pastor, you can't say that. Yes. I was about to have a nervous breakdown. I was about to go out. I mean, completely out. And I'm being totally transparent with you. I don't like you, Pastor. You, you, should, you shouldn't say that. Pastors aren't supposed to be like that. That's right. So you're probably in the wrong church. Just pick another one next Sunday. I'm cool with that. Just pick another one and go. Because if not, I'm probably going to punch you for criticizing me. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. There are days that you wake up, and, and I don't know if, the, I, man, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just messed up. But aren't there days that you're just sleeping, and you wake up in the morning, and you're just upset? You're like, man, I'm upset. And you're mad. And, you know, there comes a point that, guys, we're, we're fighting with the wind. Anything that happens, you're upset with. You get ticked off with. Yet your level of empathy goes to zero. And the problem is your adrenaline and your testosterone goes up. And the problem is that as it builds, if you don't know how to quench it with something, it's going to get really nasty for you. So, so I'm at this point and I'm there and I'm just, I'm going through, it's been, I'm, it's probably been one of the hardest weeks I've had since I moved to North Carolina. Probably one of the hardest weeks. Everybody wants help, but nobody will pat you on the back. You know, have you ever been that dad where everybody home needed somebody? That mom where everybody home needed somebody? That brother where everybody needed somebody? Your mom and your dad, you know? And then you stop and you say, how is about me? You know, I'm going to quote, um, oh man, how does it say? I'm going to quote a famous, famous um, 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 public speaker. I've taken all I can. I can't take no more. You know who that is? Popeye. That's Popeye. He would say, I've taken everything I can. I'm saying it wrong. It's something like that. It's, I've take, I can't take no more. That's what he was saying. What was it? There you have a Popeye fan right there. Okay. I can't stand no more. That's where he pops open the spinach and he eats it. And, and, and here's the funny thing. He's got this girlfriend called Olive. Everybody, anybody see Popeye? How many people have seen Popeye here? Raise your hand. Thank you, because for a second, you all look at me like I'm retarded, man. You're, all you're like, <laughs> everybody's so cool. Nobody's watched Popeye. You know, here's the thing, guys. Have you ever seen Olive? Boy, she was hot. <laughs> Dude, what's wrong with Popeye? What is he on, what is he on drugs? <laughs> I mean, Olive, come on, talk about, she's like, and then, and then, then the other guy, uh, Brutus, right? They're all fighting over her, you know, like, she's mine, she's mine. I'm like, boys, you guys could both have her if you want, you know? 
She has an attitude. First of all, she has an attitude. She's always complaining. Her, she's two toothpicks. And I, you're, Pastor, what are you doing? You're criticizing her. Listen, why are you so protective of Olive? You like her? What's your deal, man? She just, you know, and then he's fine. But he comes, he had this point where he would say, where he'd say, um, say it again, sister. <laughs> I, I can't stand no more. You know, and Papa just say, I can't deal it. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. Tap out. You know, it's like I was looking for a tag team and there's nobody to tag. I'm like, what? You got to be kidding me. And it just come to this moment. And here's the problem. As I, the more upset I got, I think every single minute, my life could be over right now. It's so pathetic that if I die, I'm going to die upset. I'm going to die sad. I'm going to die grieving. It's just so bad. It's so sad that, that, that you're living life so caught up and you're, you're like, wait a minute. I want this. I want, you're not seizing the moment. Horace writes in his book when he tells about the flower, the whole Latin word is carpe diem. And what he says, carpe diem comes from this diem means day in Latin. And carpe is the way you say it in Latin means, means grab it. He says, grab the day. He says, grab what you got. Grab what you got. We're looking at Mike up here in the hotter out to Mike, my boy. Man, I didn't know Mike had that in him. That's sick. How many people enjoy worship today with Mike? That's crazy. I never seen a white boy dance like that. Ain't never seen a white boy dance like that. That boy just gave us, he just gave us all a lesson. What was that? And I'm like, I'm standing there and my wife says, that's a whole new Mike. And I, you know what? You know what I think? I think that just is Mike. But he's such a good guy. He'll live everybody else's dream. He'll be good to everybody else. And if he does his own thing, then we got to shoot him down and criticize him. Seize the moment. Grab it. Go for it. You know, you got the whole, whole Young United thing. It's not, listen, Young United is not an age thing. It's not a high school thing. What's wrong with you? You're sick in the head. Young United is a mentality thing. It's not an age thing. It's when you're able in your mind to say, I'm not going to let myself die. I'm going to give it all I got while I got it. I can't stand no more. I'm going to seize the moment. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to do what I'm called to do. I'm going to live God's purpose for me. I'm going to go all the way out. So number two, learn to seize the moment. Then look at number 14. Look at number three. I'm going to go to verse 14, 15, and 16 just to go quicker. Here it goes. So he said to him, this is what the father says. Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flock and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, when he got there, a man found him wandering around. Who found him? A man. Look at the person next to you and say, a man. Come on. He, he didn't pay attention. She didn't pay attention. Say, look, a man found him. A man, a man. A man. I was going to tell you, look at the person next to you and say, you're looking for a man, but don't do that. That's not right. Just don't do that. Verse 15, a man found him wandering around in the fields. We all should be looking for that man, by the way. We all should be looking for him. The boy's on his way to Shechem, and he makes it there to find his brothers that are supposed to be there in the spot. And they're not where they are. They have gone over, and this man shows up, and this man asks him, what are you looking for? And he says, I'm looking for my brothers. They're supposed to be here. I'm looking for my brothers. They're supposed to be right here. And this man just shows up. And here's the problem. Some of you get men. Pastor, who's this man? You want to know who I think this man was? I think this man was an angel. 
I think this boy is going to live hell. He's going to be shoved into the cistern. They're going to rip off his robe. They're going to put him into slavery. Who knows if they're going to rape him in prison. He's going to go through hell because God chose him because he's got a gift. Do not be expecting to have a gift and not go through hell. So here's this boy. He's about to go through hell and a man pops up in his way. Listen, guys, I'm the man today. Every Sunday, that's what we come to church for. Listen to the man. So you think you're God. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You know what the man is here? The man is a messenger from God preparing him for what's going to happen. An angel just popped up. That's why we do church. You come to church because in church you find the sense of direction for the hell it's going to break out from Monday to Friday. And you come back on Sunday and you come every Sunday at 4 o'clock and you say, I'm going to come in. It's not about me. It's about the state of mind. I'm going to be free. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to receive. And then I'm going out there. You know what burns me inside? This is what burns me inside. Fake Christians. It burns me inside. All high and mighty and going to church and you know and they're all you know all beautiful and they make it to church. This is the way Christians walk, you know. They walk like <laughs> and and this is my version of it. And then they walk all high and mighty, and this is my problem. They come to church and they're well the lights are just too much and the, the, the music is too loud and uh, uh, I don't like the way I don't like the way Josue dresses and the way he combs his hair and I don't like that vocabulary. And then you're going home and you're watching that what is that the UFC fighting where people are blowing up their eyes and you're yelling at a boxing match and you're at the pub having a couple of drinks and the music's pounding and rocking and you're smoking weed. Oh wait, I'm not supposed to say that. But when you come to church, and then Sunday they all get dressed up, and it's all gone. They're like, "Well, you know, here I am again. You know, God bless you, my brother." And it's just fake, guys. It's fake. It's fake. You know why? Because we live in a society that doesn't want you to be real. Come on, to all the young people out there, all young people. Don't worry, you got Hosea next week. But listen, to all young people, I could preach young people too, and Hosea could preach older people. Don't get us wrong. We don't preach our word. We preach God's word. But listen to all young people. Why are, you, why are you acting so fake at school? Who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to impress? Come on, be real with me, guys. You guys post the most stupid things on Facebook. It's just stupid. I look at it, I'm like, dang, you got like an IQ level of one. How can you be so stupid to write something like this? I said it last week. I'll say it again. What's the deal with the pictures? What are you? Retarded, man? You got pictures like this. <laughs> and you know what it is? You're trying to impress the wrong people. You know, let me tell you something. When you got the right people beside you, those people are more worried about loving you for who you are than you impressing them for who you're not. You, when you stand next to the right people, they'll accept you for who you are. So, Pastor, what are you saying? When you find the right people, cling on to them. When you find the wrong people, walk away from it. I'm going to say that again. When you find the right people in your dream, cling on to it. When you see the wrong people, let it go. Come on, you need me to sing that Frozen song? I'll sing it. I can't sing for beans. I'll sing it. I'll sing it. I'll torture you guys. I'll torture you. I will hurt you. Come on, I got the new people saying right here, the brother saying, go ahead, sing it, Pastor, sing it. He just want, he's ready to hear me rock and roll, man. 
I wear that camel shirt and I'll sing it, man. That's it. We'll be, we'll be the Duck Dynasty, you and me, my brother. <laughs> and here it is, you know, that Frozen song. No, I'm not going to do that. Some of the people that know me are like, don't do it, don't do it, please. But that song, that's a sermon right there. Let it go, let it go. God says you got to let it go. (laughs) That's my Christian version. God says you got to let it go. Look at the person next to you in real loud. Just say, let it go. Now the other person you don't like too much, the one on the other side, and say, let it go, let it go, man, let it go. You see, so, so there's certain people you just got to let go. There's certain people you can't cling on to them. You got to let them go. And here's a, here it is. Here's what you got to be careful with. Sometimes you're not clinging this deep. Sometimes you're not clinging on to them. Sometimes you're walking and they clinged on to you. They didn't realize they're dragging you down. There's people you got to say, you know what, man? I can't do this with you anymore because, because here's my problem. You're backing me up for God's purpose in my life. I got to let you go. God's, God's got the man for me. What? What? What are you talking about? He's got a man for you. If you're a woman, he's saying, you cheating on me? If it's a guy, what? You turn gay? What? And here it is. No, no. See, the man is God. He's going to be there for me. And I need, you have to stop, number three, you have to stop being prideful. You have to stop being prideful. You got to be able to go to God and say, God, here I am, man. Just help me because I'm broken. I need you. I need to be with you. And I don't need to be with these people I'm chilling out with. I don't need to be with them. I need this. You need to be strong enough. You need to be bold enough. I was drinking like a crazy, crazy, crazy maniac when I was 18. It was just crazy off the chain. I mean, we were drinking day and night. And in my car, I was, I was, I was, um, I had my car full of, of alcohol all over. And we had a party. We got wasted and, and we're leaving the party. And I'm not proud of that. All right, but I'm just telling you, so I'm avoiding you a headache, and I left the party, and when I'm leaving the party, I take a curve, and my car goes over the cliff, and it hits a tree, I'm about to die. Nobody showed up to give me a helping hand. Next day in the morning, I wake up, and, and there's this girl in my house helping my mom. My mom's cook some stuff to make, to bake for church and make some church money, and I just, you know... I don't care about the bacon. She's just hot, so I'm going to go check her out. So I wake up in the morning, and I'm, you know, and I got, you know, if you've never done it, don't do it. But after you drink, you wake up, you think it's cool. The next day you wake up with a buzz. You need some more because you just, you just it's just killing you. So I walk over, and there's this really hot, sexy chick in the, in the kitchen cooking with my mom. And no, the hot, sexy chick was not my mom. I wasn't that drunk. It was just this, this girl next to my mom. And she's there, by the way, happy Mother's Day to all moms. And, and she's there, and I... And and, and I just looked at her, and I liked her. And here's the thing. When I went to her and I tried to date her, she said, if you're not, if you're not right with Christ, I don't want to date you. The right people and the crowd I was drinking with, the wrong people. The right people and the wrong people. God put me in a choosing point to be humble and go to God. And I went to God. I said, God, help me. Because this is my problem. I was president of my graduating class, and I threw all the parties. And here's the problem. The problem was this. The problem was that when I told all my friends, guys, we're not doing alcohol in prom night. What? What? No, we're not doing alcohol in prom night. What? No, man, I'm not getting drunk anymore. What? What? My friends started disappearing. They weren't there with me anymore. They wouldn't do the hang anymore. They wouldn't be there. When you can't reach their expectations, they'll dump you. Like, they'll dump you, man. They just, they just turn back on you. 
They weren't there anymore. I had to learn to pick the right people. So I had to go to God and say, God, help me be real before you. I don't want to be fake. I want to walk like a true Christian. I want to walk into work. I want to walk into places. I want to go to God. I want to walk like a true Christian, God. So you need to stop being prideful. You need to go to God. Look at verse 17. They have moved from, this is what the man says to him. They moved from here. I heard them say they were going to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. Now, he head out to go to Shechem, but now he's going to Dothan. Here's number four. Don't expect it to be easy to follow your dreams. Everybody in this room, and this this subject just pisses me off, so I'm going to be real quick on this because I'm still going through my crisis. Maybe it's my midlife crisis. I know about the half a century of life, and maybe I'm just going through this. You guys need a better preacher than me, but check this out. He head out to Shechem, and now he's walking to Dothan. He head out to Shechem, and now he's walking to Dothan. He head out to Shechem, and now he's walking to Dothan. You guys don't get it. You guys think I'm just stuttering and repeating it. He head out to Shechem, and now he's walking to Dothan. Don't expect it. Don't expect your dreams to be easy. Next time somebody comes up to you and tells you, you can make $5,000 in four hours working with this company. That's a lie unless you're selling drugs. If there was an easy path, somebody already found it or down it. There is no easy marriage. There is none. There is no easy ministry. To all my boy servants in here, there is this and this and all the crowd, all the servants in here. There is no easy ministry, guys. Pastor, it's a lot of work to set this up. There is no easy ministry, guys. Whoever told you that lied to you. Whoever told you in church, it's just easy to serve God, y'all. They're lying to you. It ain't easy to serve God. You got to fight every day against your flesh and get up and say, I'm going to do this. But listen to this. Nothing's easy in life. Man, you push for things. You're going to have a baby, you push. You push. You don't give up. You push. Your marriage is breaking, you push. You have problems with your parents, you push. Don't push your parents. I mean, you push through it. Some go home and push their parents. Well, pastor told me I needed to push you is what he told me. No, you push through it. You push through it. You want to lose weight, you push. <laughs> Push-ups, sit-ups. You want to have money, you push through it. You want to do school, you push through it. Man, you push for everything. Check it out. You, and you guys will understand this. You want to run an extra mile, you push through it. Man, you go to the bathroom to take a crap, you push. Come on, think about it. You push for anything. Why would you not push for your relationship with God? Push. Pastor, it's just hard. I'm hard. I'm sweating. Dude, you sweat to take a crap and you can't sweat to serve God. What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Push. Push. Yeah, show up early. Yeah, go up to your leader, your ministry leader. Those of you that are new that are visiting, what are you doing? You aren't here in a casual thing. You're here because God has a divine purpose because he's creating a new generation with a new mentality. This ain't a young kid's church. This is a church that doesn't exist in Catawba County. This is a church that will be highly criticized. And then when we start posting on social media what we're doing, I'm going to tell you right now what's going to be said. There's a club. It's ungodly. God is not there. That's what the Christians will say. And while they're saying that, you need to push. 
You need to push and say there is only one truth about this organization. And the truth is that every Sunday, iChurch at 402 has something called Young United that's willing to worship God in an atmosphere that others are not willing to worship and jump and scream and not be ashamed of a living, everlasting, real God. Push! Push through it. You want your dream, you gotta fight for your dream. You want school, you gotta fight for school. You want a family, you gotta fight for a family. It will not be easy. You'll head to Shechem and you gotta run to Dothan. You're not there. And when you make it to Dothan, it's gonna be hell. It's gonna be difficult. So Pastor, I'll just stay where I am. Then you will be a loser all your life. You push. And you live with one thing in mind. What is it? Here's my last one. I'll let you go. Verse 18. When his brothers saw him from a distance and before he reached them, the brothers turned to each other and they plotted to kill him. And they said, here comes that dreamer. Here comes that dreamer, that guy with a dream, that girl with a dream, that young lady who wants to be happy with her husband, that girl that's in love with this boy, this wife that believes in her husband, this woman, this, this mom with no dad in, in the life bringing up the kid. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. And they took him and they ripped off his robe and they threw him down a cistern. You will be rejected. Whenever you have a dream for God, you will be rejected. You will be casted down. You will be thrown out. You will be casted away. So whatever you're doing, come on, all servants in here, all servants in here, everybody, all staff. I'm saying this to one of, I'm saying this to everybody in this room. But there's somebody, there's actually two people, two couples, two people I have in mind. One is a couple and one is a person that walked in for the first time. I have you in mind. I'm not going to pull you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's not what iChurch does. But will you listen to this? I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm just saying you could do it. I'm not saying you're not going to be rejected. I'm, I'm telling you, you will be rejected. In fact, if you're not rejected, you're probably following down the wrong dream. When you search for God, you will be rejected. You will go through tough times. People will not show up. The crowd will go down and, and your, 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 your spirit will be crushed and you'll feel no energy. And at that moment, you, just, you see your dream. You seize the moment. You, you look for her right help and you line up with the right people. And after you do that, you just go that extra mile. You don't be afraid of the distance you have to walk. And then you get ready for rejection. And when rejection comes, don't feel that you're being rejected. Feel it's Satan coming against you in spiritual warfare and you're not going to let him win. You're going to say, as for me, yeah, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to go after my dream. I'm not going to be fake. I'm going to be real. And I'm going to get the real like. The real like come from Jesus Christ. Can I get a crowd that wants the real like in Jesus Christ and to holler at the God Almighty? That's what it's about.